Hi everybody, welcome to Wrong Term Memory, my name's Jack. And my name's Colin, and uh, we're continuing the guest train today, aren't we Jack? Yeah, we are indeed. A few of our listeners will know us from the Jack and Colin show over on the absolute behemoth that is Heart and Hand Rangers podcast, and we've decided to get basically our boss from there on today to discuss presidents, and joining us is Davey. Davey Edgar, how you doing mate? I'm good, I'm good. I really like that the two of you were going for that 90s couples phone message vibe at the start there. Um, oh yeah, it's something that Colin to... really wanted. Yeah. Hi, I'm, it's Colin and Jack. And we I, did, I just didn't like the... It, it, I was having to wait too long in the start of shows to talk, so we brought That's that in a while ago. No, I understand that. You, you want to get in there first. Actually, it's a shame for you because Jack did the show first. And then you joined a wee bit later. There's always been the Jack and Colin show, Colin, whereas alphabetical order, obviously, if you'd started together. But now yeah. forever, it's Jack and Colin. There is there is the old slip every now and then when I upload it, though. There are sometimes do the Colin and Jack show by total mistake. Yeah. Yeah. Or, or you could do what Paul McCartney did, where, like, 30 years after John Lennon died, he changed all the... <laughs> he did, he changed all... Yeah, it was, I remember it was always that. Lennon and McCartney, and he changed it to McCartney and Lennon. Um, it doesn't sound right. It doesn't, it doesn't sound right. right. No. no, it doesn't roll off the tongue, does it? This is like a, a bonus full-length episode. We do like short-term memory where we come at you on the day. Today's the 4th of February. Yep, yep, got that one right eventually. <laughs> but uh, way back in 1789, George Washington was... Now, you're going to have to explain this a little bit, David, because there seems to be all sorts of dates surrounding this. Now, what I've got here is that the state electors under the Constitution voted for the president on February the 4th, 1789. That ring a bell, this... Am I getting the dates right here? I know he didn't actually take office until sort of April the 30th, I think, when he was inaugurated, but is the 4th of February, is that a date that stands out in American presidential history? Uh, yes, yes, it is. Right, at least um, I've got that right, good. And, and he was, of course, the, the first... President of the United States didn't take office until April the thirtieth, um, seventeen eighty-nine, and in terms of voting, as you say, he's the only president who's ever been elected unanimously by the electoral college. Unlikely to happen again. I think it's fair to say it happened to him twice, but unlikely to happen to anyone again. Uh, there wasn't a public vote. It wasn't, you know, what we what we witnessed there back in November. It was nothing like that. This was them starting from scratch, trying to create a whole new democracy. And George Washington, because of who he was and what he'd achieved, everybody knew when they were coming up with this newfangled thing he called the president, because they didn't really know what it was or what it was going to do. You know, they weren't they weren't too sure of it. The one thing they did know as they debated the powers it would have was that it would be him. And one of the problems that they've had ever since then is that it was kind of designed, as they were doing the discussion of it, with him in mind. And it's fair to say that not everyone who's followed him has been quite of the, shall we say, the calibre of a human as George Washington was. The, the man you sort of mentioned there, it was aimed towards him. Oh, definitely. Why, 100%. basically? Like, why? Well, see if George Washington had never been the first president, his uh -huh. place in the history books was already assured because he was the general who had led America during the... The, the Revolutionary War, so he would have he would have uh, achieved immortality. He had achieved immortality already before he became the first president of the USA. And as they were debating, because they have this constitutional 
um, debate where they're trying to set up their system of government. Um, one of the things you'll always get is people who try to be smart will go, he wasn't really the first president. There were lots of presidents before it. No, that technically that's one of these ones that smart arses come away with. Um, what they'd had was they'd had a, basically a, a sort of committee where all the states would meet up congressional um, committee it was called and uh, they would sit and uh, someone would chair it you know this happens at any committee but although these guys were called the president they weren't the president of the USA as we understand it it was him and when they're coming up with this debate about right there's going to be three branches of government there's going to be you know judicial the supreme court there's going to be a congress and a senate and there's going to be this executive as they're arguing about the powers the executive should have in the back of their minds, they're going, it's going to be George Washington. So that did bleed into it. And I think that we've seen over the years that the ethical standard that he held himself to maybe wasn't quite the ethical standard that other presidents have decided to hold themselves to. Right, okay, so, so this George Washington guy, he obviously had a, a life before being this general. I think he still actually holds the highest the highest rank you can get. Um, I don't think anybody's ever going to supersede that. Is that right? Does that ring a bell, David? Like, um, sort of gave yourself this title that is still the highest rank? Uh, well, he, well, he didn't. Um, right. But it was something that was done um, for him. Yeah, he was given... The, the, the only other person who got it was uh, Ulysses Grant right, okay. after the Civil War. He was also awarded the, the, the same title as Washington had been uh, had been awarded. So, uh, yeah, very very highly thought of. As you can imagine, you know, he was a guy who led the army that freed them from the British. Not a brilliant general, incidentally, but they won in inverted commas. One of the things you need to get right, our American listeners, I'm sure, will be sitting right now going, eh, "Nonsense!" To win that war, America didn't actually have to win. What they had to do was not lose, because eventually Britain would go fuck this for a game of soldiers literally it's it's too much money and it's too expensive to do this and they knew that and that's what success was for the u.s and that's what he did um through some terrible times uh the, the winter at valley forge where you know guys were di- guys in the army were dying of cold and starvation and shit it, it was not a very pleasant experience but he held them together he got them through and of course they were eventually awarded with the fact that britain went i buzzed to this and headed back home and that let America go and be a free country but for the first what you know 12 13 years of their existence the problem they had was the states saw themselves the 13 states saw themselves really as kind of small countries you know they didn't quite see themselves so they would meet at this congressional committee and they would sit in the congressional congress and they would sit and they would discuss things so you might be in there from you know you wonder what one of the states in the north and you'd say well i think we should do this and one of the states in the south would go well i don't and there wasn't really much you know that was it nothing got done and that's why they decided after a while now hold on this is this is going to fall apart soon and what you could have been left with uh had they not come up with this constitution in 1789 imagine if america now was 50 small countries not a united states i know it sometimes feels like that but it could be that you would you know need a passport if you were going from Texas to California. Right, okay. So, George Washington, he was a successful uh, liquor distributor as well. Mm-hmm. Um, he made sort of rye whiskey and a couple of things that sound pretty pretty disgusting to me. Uh, apple mm-hmm. and peach brandy. Colin, you're you brandy man. That. 
they call him a drink apple and it's pizza. A, it sounds like yeah, it. oh, I definitely would, hundred percent. Yeah, I, I still miss Bacardi breezers, but yeah, apple brandy and peach brandy would probably be quite nice actually. It'll probably make a comeback sometime, um, like the way gin's going through just now. I'm a recovered alcoholic, right? And I would drink most things, but I never drank brandy. And one of the reasons was I saw an interview with Shane McGowan. Oh, and he said, oh, I, I would never drink brandy. It's a killer. And I thought, fuck, if even he wouldn't drink it, you know, that guy would drink bleach. The, that kind of put me off it. I drank brandy once in a pub when I was 18. And um, I drank it because I happened to notice they had a bottle of Covassier. Mm-hmm. And I knew that was what Tupac drank. No, Hennessy, sorry. And I knew that was what Tupac drank. So me and my mate asked for two Hennessy's and I was sick immediately after trying it. It was uh, awful stuff. It's absolute fire water. No, I've never... I, I, went, I went through that that stage when I was being poncy of, you know, cognac and cigars. And then after a while, I was like, this tastes like shit and gave up. <laughs> um, David, David, I wanted to ask you about the this whole time event, timeline of events with Washington and the war and everything that was going on. Last time I asked this question, you said no and you kind of scorned at it. But have you watched Hamilton yet? No. Any intention to ever do it, or are you just going to wait yes, to I, the Muppets remake it? Yeah, well, that would be brilliant, but I sat down to watch it because I thought this very much in my, you know, Alexander Hamilton uh, brilliant story, this is very much in my wheelhouse, and it's a fucking musical, and they don't tell you that, and I'm sitting Disney Plus, you know, everybody's raved about this thing, and it's a fucking musical! So, no, <laughs> I, I, you know, musical theatre is Arguably, alongside nuclear weapons, the worst thing that's ever happened to us. <laughs> oh dear. <laughs> no, I'm sorry. Oh I just, dear. I can't, you know, you're just getting into the story and then some dick starts singing. Nah, not not for me. It's it's not. Okay. You know, it's, it's a short jump to Andrew Lloyd Webber and nobody wants that, do they? No, <laughs> okay, fair that. enough. Yes, that sounds absolutely, absolutely awful. What we're going to do is we're going to sort of, we aim to try and, teach people every now and again maybe something that they didn't know so we're going to like kind of just go through facts about presidents david and colin's got a little bit of a sort of running quiz i suppose throughout just to uh, put you on the spot and test your knowledge so what are you going to be doing colin yeah so basically what i've done is i've done a little bit of research into some of the oddest things that presidents did or were known for and I'm going to give you almost just the headline, David, and see if that's enough for you to, one, know the president, and B, probably accurately tell the story. Okay, wow. Right, <laughs> I might retract my I like quizzes comment earlier. We'll start with this one uh, right away and see how you got on with it. I'll give just a clue right to start. It's not always the most highbrow things that they're known for, that we're going for here, but it is stuff that I'm assured is quite well known. So this first one is the president who introduced waffles and ice cream to the USA. Waffles and ice cream to the USA? No, this, this one uh, I'm not 100% on, so I would think by the timing of it, what we talk, 19th century. Right, yeah, go call and try and figure it out. <laughs> no, it's actually, it's like the, within the first four presidents, basically. Which oh, Jefferson. Jefferson, there yes. we are, yeah. Right, yeah. Um, so basically he was he spent some time as the American minister to France and became quite enamoured with Parisian cuisine and that was when he ordered his at the time 19 year old chef and slave, a guy called James Hemmings to learn French cooking Mm. and upon returning to Virginia he used to host elaborate dinner parties with French dishes that Hemmings would cook and he basically taught and made popular things like Parmesan cheese 
macaroni and cheese and most famously waffles and ice cream. He did a lot of things uh, with uh, the <laughs> another of his slave called Hemmings, uh, a lady by the name of Sally Hemmings, who he was uh, alleged to have fathered several of her children, which wasn't uncommon. And in fact, there have been DNA studies done on uh, survi- well, not surviving <laughs> 200 years, but on descendants of, and it, it does look like, yes, he did in fact father a lot of her children. It wasn't just Jefferson. We had James Madison and his wife Dolly. They were absolutely mad for the ice cream as well. And they had this like, never heard of this before, like an ice cream house uh, built in the grounds of their estate in Montpellier. And they would enjoy ice cream and cold drinks all summer long. And they were also, this sounds pretty disgusting, but never heard of this before, uh, known to serve bowls of oyster ice cream no. uh, at official government functions. Ever tried anything that sounds so fucking disgusting? Oyster ice cream? It's the kind of thing you get served at Heston's restaurant, isn't it? Yeah. Oh, yeah, he's that yeah. guy, right, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Bacon and ice cream, you know, that kind of stuff. Ba- he, I think he does have a bacon and eggs ice cream. That It's this kind of cooking that you know, rich people pretend to enjoy. It sounds vile. It really does. It does. It does. It sounds disgusting to me. Um, but no, I wouldn't. I wouldn't fancy oyster. Um, brilliantly described to me once as uh, like a seashell full of spit, and uh, that that's always seemed accurate to me. But apparently, makes you a great lover. Um, I'll continue to happily disappoint my wife uh, and not eat oysters. I will not get oysters out tonight. And sorry. Sorry, get Space Raiders. Get me uh, the Space Raiders. Sorry, did they make you a good lover? Because if so, oh, man. <laughs> uh, no wonder she smiles so much. But uh, but no, I've never really took to oysters. Bit disgusting. Yeah, before recording, I did put a, a little tweet out asking for any any facts that the listeners found interesting. I mean, one from Jordan. Uh, he popped this in. Uh, John Adams died on the same day as Thomas Jefferson, July the yeah, 4th. 50 years after the signing of the Declaration of Independence. Yeah. How weird is that? For a coincidence, on the 50th celebration, these two original friends, the guys who were actually asked to go away and write the Declaration of Independence, although John Adams said to Thomas Jefferson, look, you know more, you're a better writer than me, you do it. Um, which is the kind of thing I'd say to use. Probably, uh, yeah. you're, you're, you're better at this, you do it. To be fair, he did a pretty good job um, of the Declaration of Independence, which is one of the greatest pieces of and most influential pieces of literature of all time. So it worked, but yeah, they they were friends, you know, during the, the struggle for independence. They fell out when they were competing against each other politically, but they did make back up later in life, which is sweet. And yeah, both of these two founding fathers passed away the same day, the 4th of July, 50 years after the, the signing of the Declaration of Independence. Yeah, so like I said, I love, I love little tidbits like that. And like I said, thanks to, to Jordan for, for sending that in. Moving along. John Adams, he had a, a dog, do you know what his dog's name was? Well, they had a couple of dogs, but one of them was had a particularly unusual name. No, I, I'm afraid I don't know that. No, is that a little no. bit niche? Uh, he had a dog. <laughs> he had a dog named Satan. Okay. <laughs> That's all I've got for that, man. That's the end of that. Did he, also, did he also stay in a council estate and uh, you know, wear a baseball cap and, and joggies? And, you know, because that's usually, I'm at Satan Tyson. It's all boxers, isn't it? Like Teddy, um, 
Tyson. What's oh, the other Floyd? That's the other one you get as well. Boxing, boxing names for dogs. Ah, uh, it's it's a pain in the hole, really. But it's um, a shame for these poor wee dogs. They all get go- and then the, those horrible chain leads and stuff. Because you guys know me, I'm, I'm very much a dog person. Yeah, so myself. we all are. Well, yeah, and I've got uh, well, two of us are. Well, I've got two staffies, and of course, I love you. Know, I've always had staffies. friends, Colin here, the looks, the charm and the brains behind Drunk Term Memory. Just wanted to pop in and interrupt your listening pleasure to let you know about our Patreon and some changes that we've made to it recently. We've now introduced a £1 tier where you get absolutely hee-haw other than the sense of achievement that could only come from supporting two great guys like myself and Jack. We've also reduced the price of the two top tiers uh, by a pound on each of them just because we appreciate Life is a little bit shit just now, and uh, if we can make things a little bit better for people, then we will. So check us out at patreon.com forward slash wrongtermmemory, and you'll be able to get early access to shows, ad-free, and lots of bonus content. The most loving, crazy, stupid, daft, wonderful dogs in the whole world, just so full of love, and then you see one with the... It's obviously been pumped full of steroids, you know, with a, the big chain on, and it's called Tyson, and you're like, oh, God. It's a shame, yeah, because they do, they get, a, they get a bad rep because of that. They, yeah. They really do, and I don't know if it's 100% true, but it's 99% true. You don't, you don't get bad dogs, man. It's just the owner's been absolute fucking dicks, basically. Absolutely no such thing as a bad dog, bad owners. Yeah, can't be dealing with that, these, these guys. You don't. It's not as common nowadays, but, yeah, they used to... It used to be quite common. You used to see quite a lot round about where we stay, Colin, in Glasgow. Just these absolute tickets with these, yeah, they're scary looking dogs, and they do. And we've obviously got that lockjaw thing. Karen, my missus, is very much. She's still a little bit, a little bit wary of some dogs because she had a dog that got attacked years ago, and it was a staffy. Unfortunately, they've done that. So, not bad dogs. Don't get bad dogs no. like. Like we say, man. Back in the day, right, jewels were very much a thing, especially if you insulted somebody's wife or whatever. And Andrew Jackson, he absolutely loved a jewel, Davy, and was supposedly involved in over 100. No? Yeah, I don't think it was quite as many as that, but uh, he was a a character, Andrew Jackson. War hero, general. Not the most. Not the most, shall we say, understanding of of his soldiers' needs and whatnot. He was big on discipline. And if people in his army didn't like his conditions, he hung them. But he also (laughs) had a tendency to hang anybody else he didn't particularly care for. A lot of it stemmed, he he fought in the Revolutionary War when he was just a a kid. And a a British officer instructed him to clean his boots. He said no, and the British officer struck him with his sword, which left him with a, a, a huge scar in his hand. His mum and his brother died of typhus in a British prisoner of war camp. He wasn't particularly pro-British, you, you might not be surprised to know. Nah, um, well, he he was said when he was leading the army in Florida, he was said to have, uh, he was told just to, to go in and, and keep a watching brief, but he, he essentially took over Florida from the Spanish um, and the US government said he exceeded his orders. But he, he was a war hero. He won... A famous battle at the, the. This is great. This story. See, at the end of the War of eighteen twelve, 
Um, he won the Battle of New Orleans. But this was after the peace had been signed, but before they knew that, because it took six weeks to get across from England, <laughs> where the treaty had been signed. To Could you imagine that? How, how, how bizarre is that in this world where you would know the second it was done? But it took six weeks for the guy to turn up and go, stop fighting! No, you're fucking joking. <laughs> We've just had this massive brawl. But um, he won that battle and the Americans really needed it because 1814, the, the Redcoats, you know, there's a war going on between Britain and, and America. It's not really... The, the Yanks don't talk about this one that much. You will not be surprised here. Um, and the British got the upper hand and we actually set fire to what took over the White House. Uh, you mentioned Dolly Madison there. Her and her husband had to had to escape from the White House, which we set ablaze. Um, the British set Washington afire. When they it's say they've never lost... Yeah, when, when the Americans say they've never lost a war, it was a bit of a shooing, you know, in all fairness. But Andrew Jackson gets elected, but yes, he, he was very quick to temper. And some of his jewels, he actually walked about with a um, a bullet permanently in him from a jewel. Yeah, um, he got shot in the chest in 1806, and he got shot in the arm in that was. Yeah, that was against a guy called uh, Charles Dickinson who had insulted his wife. <laughs> now, his wife uh, was Rachel. That was an interesting story that kind of was used against him by his enemies his whole life. Basically, he met her and she was already married, but she asked her husband for a divorce. He said yes, but then he disappeared for a bit. So she thought she was divorced and it turned out she wasn't um, and they'd already gotten married. But once it was cleared up, they, they remarried, if you like, and got married legally for the first time. But it was always thrown against him and her that she was a bigamist and uh, worse was said about a home record or that kind of stuff. Um, and he, he he wasn't keen on it. So he, he fought this guy called Charles Dickinson, the jail, and it was very controversial because there was a debate about whether or not he would, there's loads of rules about dueling. You know, it sounds weird to us that what's essentially about trying to kill somebody, but there were loads of rules and there was some debate among the seconds and the guys involved that whether or not he was entitled to a second shot. The seconds there felt he wasn't. His opponent felt that he wasn't and that honour had been restored in the duel. It was whether or not the guy's shot had hit him and he said it hadn't. It had. And they they talked about it for a bit and Jackson said, I think I am entitled to a second shot. Uh, calmly loaded his gun and shot the guy dead. So he was not somebody to, to fuck about with, was old Andrew Jackson. And when at the start of this whole, that leads eventually to the Civil War, the South were talking about whether or not they, they should secede, um, he said that if they did in something called the nullification crisis, which was one of the early crises that led to the, the Civil War. If they were to do that, he would uh, ride into he would ride into the, the the state, North Carolina, and hang the first person that he saw, and then he would hang every man he saw uh, until they they stopped. And they they thought about it and they thought, no, he will do that, and they decided against it. Yeah, sounds like a fucking dickhead. Um, he was one of the things Andrew Jackson did was he massively expanded the powers of the presidency because he would continually make executive orders giving him more power. So give himself more power. Yeah, he was yeah. He, his opponents called him King Andrew and said he had monarchical tendencies, but he was a general. And, and and what happened with a lot of people that came to the military is they were used to if they say something, it got done, and a lot of 
people who come from that into politics. Same as businessmen who are used to, you know, CEOs, if they're used to saying, do this, people go away and do it. And then in politics, obviously, they find it difficult because you go in and you say, do this, and people go, well, we like to, but their campaign against it. And, and there's all these things that you've got to you've got to work through, and I think they find it very frustrating. Yeah, so we've got your next um, presidential clue, uh, for want of a better phrase, David. I think you'll get this one. I'm pretty confident. This is the president who was accredited for the origins of the phrase "okay." Um, no, no, I don't, I don't know that one. Okay, I'll tell you who it was. Maybe that will help you. If you. Maybe you can figure out from that. Then this was the origins. Of this come from the re-election campaign for Martin Van Buren in 1840. He had adopted the nickname Old Kinderhook. Oh, because he was um, from Kinderhook, New York. Yeah, that's where he was from. And during the rallies, supporters basically shortened the name to Okay. And that, that eventually just that I should in. have got that I should have got because that's a very very famous um, election. He loses out to uh, another candidate, good old uh, William Henry Harrison, the shortest reigning American president of all time. That was a really vicious campaign. We think that campaigns are really modern. Uh, like nasty campaigns are modern. Like they're really not. That one was really vicious. And uh, it led to the reason I think that that slipped my mind was that it led to one of the most famous American catchphrases of all time, which was Tippy Canoe and Tyler Two. And that's because Harrison was known for a battle. He'd been a general as well, known for a battle at Tippy Canoe, where he basically they slaughtered loads of Indians, Native Americans as we call them now, Indians then. And he. Uh, his running mate was a guy called Tyler, so he was called Old Tippy Canoe, which you have to admit is a pretty cool nickname. Yeah, that's pretty cool. I think that's where is that where the the shooter that was that where the OK Corral is as well. Is that Old Kinderhook? No, it's in. Is that uh, another? That's another you know, OK place, is it? Yeah, that's that's in the south. That's uh, right. cowboy territory. Right. Okay. So I fucked that up. Got that wrong. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We're, we're <laughs> going to do lots of that. I would imagine. Um, David Van Buren. He was the. The first president they called the first American president technically because first he was one the first one there, to be yeah. born in America, wasn't he? Well, first one to be born in America after it became independent because yeah. you know George Washington was a British subject when he was born. All the founding fathers, when you think about it, were British subjects when they were born. So yeah, he was the first natural born American. Yeah, um, he managed to write his autobiography without mentioning his wife once. <laughs> That's shocking. Yeah. You know, we're only we've only got you know one side of the story. There. For all we know, she didn't have much to. She died actually reasonably reasonably young, and he never remarried. I mean, death was quite common. You see a lot of remarriages of these the presidents and people at that age because disease was rife, you know, and people did die young, and people would remarry, but he never did. You mentioned uh, William Henry Harrison. He kept a goat as a pet. Never bothered to name it, but it was just called Billy Goat, and he also had a beloved cow supposedly called. Shooky, I think. Oh, I hope for no other reason than... No, we won't get into that. No, we <laughs> shall not, no. Plodding along, John Tyler, he had 15 children. He did, He was an absolute boy. Um, John Tyler was the first ever vice president to ascend to the, the office of presidency because he... And, and there was, again, the American Constitution is very vague deliberately about stuff like this because it wanted to, it was famously called an invitation to struggle. It wanted to leave room for interpretation. So people, when William Henry Harrison died after like, I think it was 32 days in office, he died. Um, he gave a speech at his inauguration and they'd called it, he was the oldest president at that time. 
part of the campaign where they was like you can't, they called him old granny. He was going to show how virile and young and youthful he was. So he did it without a hat and coat, even though it was soaking wet. Oh, all right, wait a minute. <laughs> and he he caught a chest infection. <laughs> yeah, that, that got worse and worse and worse. Eventually <laughs> developed into full blown pleurisy, and he died thirty two days later. Still the longest ever inauguration speech, by the way. Some like eight thousand words. Took two and a half hours in the cold and the wet. He was sixty seven, and it killed him. So they didn't know what to do. They were like, right, okay, well, what happens if we have a new election? Do we, does the vice president take over? But if so, is he just the vice president till the next election? Is he the acting president? We don't know. And Tyler said, no, I'm the president. He was the guy who forced, if you like, the change that, that became. Now, years later, they, there was a, an amendment to the constitution that that's what happens. And that's why it's pretty straightforward now. You know, president can't complete his term for whatever reason vice president takes over but it was because of him it was him that set that precedent but he was a boy his first wife died no wonder given all those kids he was on a boat um a new steamship of the u.s navy that had the biggest gun in the world called the peacemaker of course (laughs) of course yeah. yeah and they were showing it off you know and loads of invited important guests, you know, the Secretary of State, loads and loads of, of VIPs and the President were, were on this ship. And the captain was persuaded to demonstrate the gun again after already demonstrating it, but it hadn't cooled down enough yet to do so. And it exploded, killing several people, including the US Secretary of State, you know, the number two person in the government. But Harrison was spared. He would have died had he been on on. Uh, the top deck but he'd gone downstairs to play cards to play poker and he uh helped a young family friend of his uh, a young lady off the boat and she was i think 32 years younger than him and they got married not long after there used to be men proper hardcore men like uh teddy roosevelt's one of my favorite presidents we'll maybe get to him later but um james polk when he was 17 he, he needed surgery to have some kidney stones removed so he had a little bit of brandy to numb the pain and was awake for the entire procedure. Um, anesthesia wasn't invented for another 30 odd years. So, yeah, back in the day, you had to be a proper man. Anything else about James Polk that's interesting, David, you want to bring to the table? Expanded, I don't know anything about him. Um, he expanded the US more than any other president. Okay. He was the guy that was in charge for the annexation of Texas. He added several states to the US and one term president declared himself the hardest working man in the US and there might be something in it because three months after leaving the and he only did one term he died of pleurisy or something again like one of no the, well, I mean died yeah, of exhaustion. Just a lot yeah a lot of people you know historians think overwork during that period killed him he worked 18 hours a day seven days a week for four years and his body just couldn't cope with it so yeah three months after and if you look at a picture of him before he goes into the White House, and then as he leaving the White House, uh, he aged. Yeah, you know yourself about overworking, Davy. You know, oh, aye, people absolutely. need to people need to tell you to slow down a bit. So, um, there's no time for a break. So I've got another question for you. See if you can get this one, David. This president died because of cherries. Oh, that was Zachary Taylor, President yeah. Zachary Taylor. Yeah, he he was actually it, it was if memory serves, and I think it does. He was at the the opening 
uh, or the start of the building of the Washington, uh, sorry, the Lincoln Memorial. No, the Washington Monument. Lincoln was later. What am I saying? Um, the the Washington Monument. He it was a very hot day, and he got back to the White House, and he ate several bowls of cherries and washed it down with gallons of iced milk, and he developed typhus and died a few days later, unfortunately. Um, Washington at this point is not the city that it was now. It was basically a swamp. It was a city that they were trying to kind of build because it had only been agreed to be the capital as a compromise between the North and the South, you know, the, the basically midway. And the the sewerage and um, food preparation in it was horrendous. And yeah, ate too many cherries, developed a really bad gastroenteritis and uh, died. Right, that was a thing back in the day. You would basically just shit yourself to death. That's what you did, right. yes. That diarrhea would, would absolutely put that, that nail in your coffin if you had yeah, to. Remember, so the next time you have a curry, just be grateful for tap water. technology. Yes, yeah, tap water, clean tap, absolutely clean tap water, yeah. The yeah. next one um, is quite an interesting one because I think we've, we all know somebody who does one thing once. You do one thing once and they once get stuck and with that nickname for the rest of their life, don't they? And the same thing happened to Franklin Pierce, didn't it? Yeah, oh. Finn Frank. <laughs> Frank. And, and and it wasn't his fault poor Franklin Pierce yeah when he was uh, a command well, I think he was a lieutenant I don't think he was a commander but he was in the army during the the American war. Mexican American war yeah and allegedly he fainted again historians have argued that it was actually not nerves it was more he was ill we think from what I read he got a basically a, a groin and knee injury during a battle he's Balls get burst and he sort of passed out from the pain. Understandably um, so. Yes, but the nickname obviously stuck. He didn't have his um, worries with horses as well because during his presidency, he was arrested after running over a woman uh, with his horse, but charges were later dropped due to lack of evidence. So, yeah, Fate and Frank never had his luck um, to call for when it came to horses and nicknames. But, like you say, he's doing that one thing once and that's you. Fenton Frank coming again. That's know. it. That's, that's <laughs> basically it. You know, Fenton Frank and all the all the unfortunate abuse that, that comes with it. A very sad tale in the White House. Franklin Pierce. He was a guy Jack that when Jack and I did a show on, on our our network about presidents, and Jack was nearly crying when he when he heard Franklin Pierce's story. He was, was a guy that, on his way to become the. But he was a very he was really handsome, right? Gorgeous guy, great speaker. He didn't really have any ideals of what to do, particularly, but he gets elected <laughs> as president. On his way to the White House, he's on the train being taken to Washington, um, and the train derails, and everyone on the train is all right, except his son, who was decapitated um, oh, yeah. when the train went oh, over. Yeah. And kind of gets him off to a bad start. His wife suffered from incredible depression, hysteria, as it was called back then. They didn't really know how to treat it. He lapsed into alcoholism and was voted out in 1856. And then his life just spiralled. His wife died not long after. He drank himself to death and was one of the few US presidents not to get a state funeral. Yeah, yeah, that's particularly sad. Plodding along to James Buchanan. Now, was he gay, Davy? Yeah, I think he was, yes. There's a lot of speculation about this, about whether or not. Now, you do need to remember that back then, men, especially men of his class, did have very strong friendships. 
And things that have been used, um, people have tried to argue that Lincoln was gay and they use his evidence. Well, he, when he was a lawyer on the circuit, he would travel from town to town. He would quite often sleep in the same bed as other men, yeah, to save money. It was perfectly common thing for men to do. If you hired a hotel room together, you half the cost. If it had a double bed in it, you both slept in the bed. So, But in James Buchanan's case... The, he lived for 17 years with his best friend. And, Bert and Ernie. Yeah, like Bert and Ernie. And letters um, have been found between the two in which they express uh, very deep feelings for each other. And as I say, that wasn't totally uncommon. Back then, you know, men would, would communicate in a way that certainly as Scottish males, we absolutely would not. But yeah, I, I think it's fair to say he was a bachelor president. No real significant love affairs apart from one in his early 20s with a female. And yeah, I think that, uh, you know, not that it matters, but I think that there probably is enough evidence for me to to go, yeah, I think he was America's first and so far only gay president. Not 100% sure about how true this is, but I read that he used to buy slaves in Washington and then sort of quietly free them in Pennsylvania. That ring a bell? I don't, no. I think that might be one of these apocryphal tales, like going right, right back okay. to the start of George Washington, George Washington did not say, I cannot tell a lie, well maybe he did, but he didn't say it after chopping down a fucking cherry tree, um, that was made up by one of his biographers about George Washington, it's up there with, for Simpsons fans, the a noble spirit and Biggins, the smallest man, uh, a perfectly cromulent word. So there's lots of mythology about him. Um, the reason I would I would highly doubt that is that he is generally regarded as the US's worst president. And for those of you up with current affairs, yep, still worse. He was the guy that really oversaw the lurch into the Civil War. And one of the things he presided over was the, the Dred Scott decision, it was called, where the Supreme Court, the neutral Supreme Court who contained several slave owners, voted on whether or not slaves could be freed and said no because they're not people, they're property uh, in much the same way as a stool was one of the phrases used and therefore you should be allowed to take your property wherever you went and that meant that even in states where slavery wasn't legal, they argued you should be allowed and Buchanan backed this because he thought it would end the whole slavery debate, it didn't, it made it worse uh, and then when the Civil War breaks out, he is although Lincoln's been elected, Lincoln wasn't to take charge for six months. And Buchanan basically just sat and did nothing, hoping that the war wouldn't start before he um, had left. So that's kind of why he's considered the worst president of all time. Right, we've just had to wrap up that there because it, well, it's ran on too long because Davey can go on, he knows his stuff when it comes to presidents so he does go Yeah he does um, this is obviously our usual short term memory slot um, it's our extra long term memory shot I suppose this week so yeah, we'll split this in two and uh, we'll put out in the next podcast the second part of this conversation about presidents because I've certainly learnt some new stuff and I thoroughly enjoyed it and I hope you guys have too Yeah for sure and as always guys um, leave a 5 star rating 
take your mates' phone, subscribe to us on that. We don't really care, do we, Colin? No, we don't. We just we just want those five star ratings. We want <laughs> to stay on that front page of Apple iTunes. We're there at the minute under comedy and don't know why because I'm certainly not very funny um, but we're there just now like to stay there so that more eyes come to us so anything you can do with those five stars borrowing people's phones a lot please do yeah that's it nobody's listening by now but um, if you are cheers for listening and we'll speak to you soon bye bye